Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time to fucking podcast. Yes, it's time to fucking podcast. Mikey likes you. It is the show. I am on fucking lockdown. Yeah, I'm motherfucking lockdown. So there is no fucking place to go. my dome. Woo! Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mikey Likes You, uh, another home edition of the podcast. Um, well, not a lot going down, right? Um, we're all fucking stuck in our house. That sucks. But, um, you know, I've hit it pretty hard. I don't want to beat a dead horse. There's a lot of positives to this. I am getting to spend an excellent amount of time with my family. And for me, that's a good thing. I know that there's thousands of people out there that that's not necessarily cool. Um, I get that. I really do. And that sucks. And then also to those of you out there who are really struggling financially, who either lost their job or are, you know, were already paycheck to paycheck when this happened, and um, your job is on, like, on hiatus or whatever it may be, I know that financially, economically, this has been a disaster for most of us, and um, I'm sensitive to that. So again, love, love goes out to you. Um, I talked a little bit about prayer last week, or excuse me, last episode, um, and I, I, I kind of wanted to elaborate on that because I didn't want to uh, alienate anybody who is either either like a, an ardent atheist or um, someone who is devoted to religion because I don't I don't really subscribe to either um, and I don't have any lack of respect for either side. Um, if you're an atheist and that's what you believe, I kind of understand where you're coming from. 
we're just talking pure reason, there's no nothing to support the idea of there being a deity or there being a higher power. Nothing, you know, objective. Also, if you're religious, I see the advantage to that. Um, but like with a lot of things, far too often we make um, spirituality like a black and white issue that um, if you are someone who believes in a higher power, which I am, I, I believe in God. I believe in higher power. I don't really know what that is, but I do believe in it. I believe in there's something being out there in the universe that's just bigger and greater than me and bigger than greater than all of us. Um, that means that you you have to be like super religious and that's not true. And then also, if you are an atheist, that means that you have to be this callous, cold-hearted person. And I don't necessarily think that secular people are any less moral or caring than people who are religious. There, you can be, you know, there's shades of gray to everything. So I just wanted to throw that out there that I, 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 I do talk openly and positively about the idea of prayer and belief in a higher power. But that doesn't mean that I want to encourage anybody to either be a religious or be secular. You know, I, I just I just am what I am. And I found a lot of real positive. Um, I found a lot of like improvements in my life, certainly in my own well-being for kind of just surrendering to the idea that there's something out there greater and bigger than me. And I and I'll be honest, it is blind faith. That's what it is. I don't know. I'm just blindly throwing it out there because it makes me feel better. <laughs> and one of the other big benefits that I've seen is that um, I believe, I really do, I don't know, I believe that there's something connecting us all. A vibration, an energy, a something that we're all on one team, humans. And not to get too hippie on you and too new wavy and shit, but I just think that, that there is something out there um, that connects us all. And what I find with prayer is that I just want to tap into that connection and put positive energy into that connection right now because I know that a lot of people need it. That's all. And um, there's nothing kind of conclusive. There's nothing that I can calculate to show that it works. I just believe maybe it works and it, and it kind of makes me feel better. And hopefully in turn, subsequently, it makes other people feel better. And I don't know. That's just that's my thing. And um, it's kind of silly. I acknowledge that. But if you give it a shot, you might be surprised. In the words of uh, my boy, Brendan Schaub, I think you'd be surprised. Um, so uh, speaking of Brendan Schaub, I did two episodes of The Fighter and the Kid since the last time I've talked to you guys here on Mikey Likes You. Man, thank you so much to Brian and Brendan. It's been amazing because uh, it's obviously given this show a lot of exposure. It's given me personally a lot more exposure. And I've gotten just an avalanche of DMs and tweets and stuff and messages from people who said that I they, I really spoke to them. I really said something I said or everything I said, whatever it, it, it really they can relate to that. And um, that's all I ever wanted. 
out of being an entertainer or a broadcaster or what have you. I never really had these lofty ideas of being a super talent or someone who was going to change the entertainment industry. I was like, one of these days, I just want to be someone in the public view that people feel like they can relate to me because there seems to be a dearth of that in the entertainment industry. It's all I ever wanted. I never wanted red carpets and limousines and mansions. I just wanted to be able to go to the pavilion at the Dodger game and have people feel comfortable to come up and give me a fist bump and say, hey, man, I love the show. I, lo- I, I really I dig you. I feel easy approaching you. I feel like you make me want to get to know you. And because I, I, I'm a guy who's um, I've kind of failed upward. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not a super talent. I'm not, I don't have anything really unique or special about me. But one thing I can say that I will say positively about myself without trying to toot my own horn is like, I, I, I'm a dude, I'm just a regular guy and I hurt and I, and I, I cry and I feel like, um, I think a lot of you do. And, uh, if that makes me basic or normal or average, so be it. That's all I ever really wanted. You know, I never, I never dreamed of anything bigger. I dreamed of being that dude that people would see on TV or here on the radio or here on a podcast and say like, I like that guy. I, I can relate to him. He, he's not speaking a language that I don't comprehend. He's speaking to me. And that would hopefully be able to go for a broad range of people, you know, a, a broad spectrum of people and different lifestyles. And, um, you know, these messages that I've gotten recently, uh, they kind of make me feel like I'm succeeding and, um, it really touched me. So I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who, um, reached out and gave me those positive messages, asked me questions, felt comfortable opening up to me. Um, I, you know, it means the world. I mean, it really means the world to me. I, there was more than one of those that I read and I was responding back to that I was legitimately, you know, teary eyed. So uh, it, it means a lot. I, I, I really sincerely thank you. And of course, thank you again to Brian um, and Brendan for even giving me that opportunity. Um, speaking of the messages that I got in the fallout of, uh, or excuse me, in the wake, I shouldn't say fallout, it sounds a little negative, in the, in the wake of uh, being on Fighter and the Kid, I got one message and it was really meaningful and really powerful. It's very very private. Um, and I, I checked with this young man before I even came on the air to talk about this, uh, on this show, he gave me the thumbs up to do it, uh, but I will go out of my way to make sure that he is not in any way identifiable. This, he will remain anonymous and you will see why when I, when I talk about what I'm talking about, because it would be a tremendous, um, just a really scumbag move to in any way give away who he is because, what we talked about was super embarrassing and super, it put him in a really vulnerable place. But the only reason I am opening up about it and, and bringing you that story is because I'm convinced, conf- fucking convinced that there's so many people out there who feel exactly the same way he did or does. And I want to make that different because I know for a fact, I don't know much, but I know this, 
I've been through this. And I used to think like he did. And it caused me a tremendous amount of pain and suffering for a prolonged period of time. And until I changed my thinking on this issue, I suffered. And then I changed my way and it was like, boom, it wasn't overnight. And I still struggle in some ways, but man, a, a remarkable change in my well-being, my, my sense of abundance and happiness just changed because I changed the way I thought about this issue. Here's, what, here's the deal. Um, this man is a is brave, amazing young man, is a Marine, a United States Marine, who has seen combat many times. And so we start chit-chatting back and forth via Instagram. And um, he's asking me questions about, you know, drinking and drugs and stuff like that. You know, just kind of basic, hey, I heard you talking about addiction. I thought I'd run this by you. So as we started to talk more, um, he said, I, I, can I open up to you about something? And I was like, of course, man. Feel free. I, you're, you're anything safe with me. So he says, I um, was molested. And I don't know what to do about it because it's harming me. And I, I bury my feelings about this deep. And I, I, I use drugs and alcohol to cover up the pain. And I'm already in a bad spot because of PTSD. And um, so that's it. And, I, and there's certain, there's just nobody I can talk to about this. And I have a therapist, but I don't want to talk to her or him, I don't remember if it was a man or I don't want to talk to he or she about this because they don't know my life. They, they, they haven't seen war. They don't know PTSD. They, they don't get it. They don't know what I know. And I go, okay, first off, let me tell you something. I was sexually abused and, and molested. Um, I didn't go into any more detail and I'm not going to now. It's, it's not really, it doesn't benefit you or me to kind of get into more detail of who and how and when, but I just, needless to say, I, I had experienced pretty, you know, I don't want to say severe because like my boy, Jason Ellis talks about severe sexual trauma. And I know it's not right to put like a hierarchy on it, but I, I, I and it was nothing like that, but I definitely, I had an adult take advantage of me sexually as a child. Um, and that sucked. <laughs> um, so I opened up and I said, dude, I, I'm in, I'm in your club. You, are you no judgment for me? And you shouldn't feel in any way embarrassed to talk to me about molestation because I've been there. I, you and me were in the same club. And I said to him, I totally get not wanting to open up to a therapist about your PTSD because he or she hasn't seen combat it makes a lot of sense. And I, I would hope that the VA or any type of veterans affairs has former soldiers in place to talk to other soldiers coming back because that does, it makes a lot of goddamn sense. Why would I want to go to war see what you have to see in war, which no brain is really designed to see. Then come back and talk to people about my problems to, with someone who doesn't know what the fuck it's like to dodge bullets and to potentially take people's lives. That's crazy. 
I, I can totally get that. So I said, I, I, I hear you, dude, but can you at least open up about the molestation? Because that shit inside will burn you up. Okay? I did it for 15 years. I went to therapy and kept that to myself. Didn't want to do it. I was scared. I was weirded out. I was embarrassed. I was shameful. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. And to be honest, I said to myself, I'm too tough for that. What the fuck is it? I quit drugs. I quit alcohol. I got myself back in shape. Got myself, got my life together. Built a career for myself. I'm too fucking badass to worry about trauma, molestation. I'm good. I'm good. I told myself that. There are 15 years. I'm just going to therapy, talking about, you know, my fucking wife, and she's all on my case, and blah, 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 blah. You know, normal stuff. But it was eating me up inside. It was eating me up inside, and I was already clean, so I didn't have drugs and alcohol to kind of mask the pain. I was just this angry, dry drunk uh, who was trying so hard to hold on to my sanity. And so he says to me, I said, hey, you know, why don't you open up about the molestation at least? Because I think it could really help you. And he said, dude, I'm a Marine. I eat nails for breakfast and shit them out. Molestation ain't nothing to me. And uh, I go, fair point. You're super brave. You're the bravest of the brave. You're the top of the food chain as far as I'm concerned. United States military voluntarily going over to do what they do to keep us safe. You, you, I, I bow at your altar, but I think this, this transcends toughness. And I said, let's just for a second, just hear me out. Maybe, maybe. The toughest thing to do would be to go in and confront this head on and talk about it. Maybe the scaredy cat move is burying it down inside and covering up with booze and alcohol. There's going to be booze and drugs. Look at it that way. Maybe the soldier attitude would be Okay, I got a problem. I identified it. I'm going to deal with it in the appropriate way instead of just pretend like it doesn't happen. I said, is there a possibility that that's the case? Is there the possibility that it's not because you're so tough, which you are, granted. It's not because you've already overcome so much insane adversity that this is baby shit. Maybe the reason you haven't talked about molestation is because you're actually scared. And the real badass thing to do would to walk would to be to walk in there, middle fingers in the air, and go, you know what, therapist? I was I was touched, or I was blah blah blah, and mom or dad or cousin or whatever did this to me. And I'm gonna spill my guts and I wanna I wanna deal with it. And he said to me, dude, you're right. I just <laughs> I was afraid to do it. I'm embarrassed and I'm scared and, I'm, and, I, and I, I don't like to feel that vulnerable. And it was like, oh my God. 
oh my God, he's right. He's right that I'm right. I never really thought about it. I wasn't being introspective about it at all. I just did it because I got sick and tired of fucking hiding secrets. I never thought about it like being tough, being, being, being the real macho thing to do. Because like every guy, especially super macho men, soldiers, firemen, cops, um, fighters, uh, construction workers, you, you know what I'm saying. And, and you chicks too. Don't, I'm not trying to be uh, sexist here. There's plenty of you girls out there who grew up, you know, like being the boss bitch in the house or you're like a real high functioning CEO or, you, you know, you're, there's the, the alpha chick too. And you know who you are if I'm talking to you. And you all share that same thing where it's like, I'm going to be too tough for this because only baby pussy babies talk about their problems. That's how we are in this country. A little bit more with guys than chicks, but man, there's there's millions of you ladies out there who deal with that because that's your take. You never had anybody give you shit. You worked your ass off to have everything go your way to make to mold a life for yourself. The last thing you want to do is fucking whine about you. Oh, this bothers me and that bothers me. But then I was like, well, but maybe, maybe that's the ultimate tough thing to do. Maybe that's like the supreme badass thing to do. Now, am I saying call up your anyone that'll listen and, and whine about your problems? No, no, no. But I'm saying to, to take a mental health professional to walk in and go, I really don't want to talk about this. It hurts. It, it, it makes me feel weird. I'm embarrassed. I'm scared. I, 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 I'm a bit angry. But here we go. Jumping in the deep end. Let's do this. And I think I'm right. I think I'm right because this Marine who fucking saw war told me I was right. And I look back on my life and I thought, you know, no, no, wait, yeah. I didn't talk about it for 15 years, not because like there was other pressing issues. Not because uh, I all of a sudden got a new therapist that I felt more comfortable with. I talked about it because I finally worked up the courage. I was fucking scared. I was really scared to go back to that place. But you gotta kinda take a horse ride through hell to get to heaven. Because if you just avoid it, if you do an end around, you take a little detour to get around it, it's always gonna be chasing you. Serious trauma. Doesn't necessarily have to be sexual trauma, but serious trauma, and it's hurting you, and it's affecting you, and it's burning you up inside. And you always assumed that the stoic macho way to deal with it, the tough way to deal with it, the I don't need anybody else because I can take care of myself way to deal with it was to just bury it. And uh, I don't know, but I think I'm onto something here that in actuality, that's kind of the most pansy way to deal with it. And that if you got a big brass pair if you're that if you're that take you take no prisoners chick or you're that really fucking you know alpha dude the most brave thing to do kind of be dive right in it really worked for me i got no signs to back it up it seemed to be a real light switch for that fella, that brave, amazing young man that I was talking to via IG. 
And um, I remember I went to a, 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 a NA meeting. God, it's got to be got to be a decade ago, maybe. And um, the speaker at that meeting was a hardened gangbanger. Gotten out of the lifestyle, spent, he was probably in his 50s, just judging by like the look of him. I didn't know, but he, he was probably in his, at the very least, like late 40s. He had talked about spending close to 20 years in jail and being born a gangster, living in, in the hood, um, in the east side of Los Angeles here. And he was a hardened, real deal, no studio gangster bullshit, real deal banger. Tats on his neck, the whole thing. Um, and he said, uh, I ran with so many tough guys. Everybody telling me how tough they were, trying to out-tough the next guy. He's like, you want to be tough? Get clean. I was like, man, it really stuck with me. So everybody's always out trying to out out uh, stunt the other guy to prove how tough they are. He said, when I sh- when I proved to myself that I was tough, I confronted my issues, and um, yeah, it made a lot of sense because I'm not a tough guy. <laughs> I I don't know, and the only reason I even thought about bringing this on because I talked to a real tough guy, someone who went to war, came back, and then went back, then came back and went back. And is super young. That's a real tough guy. Not this wannabe macho affliction shirt fucking Corvette tough guy. He's a real tough, hard man. And he said, you know what, Mike? You're right. When I got that endorsement, I was like, I'm working with something here. I think I need to take this on the podcast and tell, say this because there's probably a lot of you out there, men and women right now listening, going, I've been doing the same fucking thing. Damn it. And it's holding you back. That I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt. If you have trauma and you don't deal with it, it's holding you back to some level. Probably a lot. It's probably robbing you of a tremendous amount of happiness and abundance. So, you know, I I don't want to make this seem like I'm like on some high horse here. I just, it's an experience of mine that I thought was really meaningful. And, uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. All right, so we're all on lockdown, right? And I've gotten, I don't know, 75 tweets or messages about like, hey, how do I stay in shape while I'm on lockdown? Well, it's an interesting question. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of fighting that battle too. So I don't say, I don't wanna sit here and say like, I've got the answer. I have the 100% no fail, absolutely the best program for staying safe, or excuse me, staying ripped and fucking in shape while you're at home. I don't know if there is one best, but I can give you some advice. And I've kind of constructed what I like to call my best advice and tips for maintaining, if not getting in better shape while we are on this lockdown for however long it may last. One thing I want to focus on is resistance training. When you're talking about resistance training, that can be anything. Oftentimes it's it's weightlifting, but it's whenever you provide resistance Force is provided in resistance to your musculature, however it may be moving. Isometrically, meaning you're holding that resistance in place. Um, You're preventing something from moving that wants to move. Moving it eccentrically and concentrically, up and down, and you know, like in the bench press, up away from your chest and back down, eccentrically, concentrically. Um, 
or or um I guess you know I you can get into the the split butt hairs about it but let's just let's just focus on isometrics eccentrics and concentrics okay so you have the up and down of the movement eccentric concentric and then isometric where you hold something in place the resistance is immobile that's something that I think can really be beneficial to any program, but certainly when you're working out at home, when you're on lockdown and you don't have access to a full gym, isometrics is something that um, are far too often overlooked and can be a great tool for us while we're at home. And time under tension is something that is incredibly valuable to um, maintaining and growing muscle. What time under tension is, is um, how long the muscle that you're training remains under tension and stress. So if you, um, in your mind, pretend that uh, you're doing a, a push-up, okay? So we can all kind of, we all know what a push-up is and we all understand it. However long it is for you to lower your body to the ground, touch, maybe even pause, and then raise it back up, push the ground away from yourself and come back up to straight elbows. That is the total time under tension. The time under tension, much more important than the amount of reps or the weight that you do. If the given tension is, is the same, the greater time under tension is going to be the beneficial stress for that muscle. That's, that's not open for debate. There's a myriad, there's extensive um, and conclusive scientific proof to show that that's true. Um, the amount of tension alongside the time under tension is the key to hypertrophy, which is a fancy word for building muscle and also muscle retention. Um, when you're getting into muscle performance, okay, when we're talking about like um, a swimmer, in the gym preparing to swim faster, when you're talking about a sprinter in the gym preparing to uh, sprint faster or a boxer trying to punch harder and quicker, that's different, okay? I want that to be clear. That is different. But as far as for looking good naked, retaining and growing muscle, which is what is probably the number one priority for most of us, time under tension is really paramount. That being said, when we don't have um, variables for the amount of tension, meaning we don't have a lot of different weights at our disposal, we can't progress in the amount of weight we can add to the bar unless you have a home gym. And that, in that case, fuck you. I hate you. I'm so jealous. Um, but most of us don't. So what we can do is maximize the time under tension for body weight movements. That is my number one tip. Okay, so how do I do that, Mike? You may be asking yourself. Let's take the most important body movements and planes of movement, and I'm writing down now so that I don't forget. Here, okay. Okay. All right, so we've got five. The first one is the squat. Okay? So this is essentially knee flexion, right? Bending your knees. Obviously, you're bending at your waist a little bit too, but mostly you're training in the squat. You're training um, your, your quads, a uh, little bit of hamstring, and then ho hopefully, if you do it properly, your glutes. 
try to do, instead of doing, which was what a lot of body weight exercise revolves around, is high reps. And I got to be honest, guys, that's not going to cut it. It's really, it's not optimal. In fact, you can be sometimes even wasting your energy and time. So instead of doing what a lot of people are doing right now in lockdown and trying to do a thousand push-ups and a thousand squats a day, try to do, aim for quality over quantity. How do you do that? Do one, two, maybe two if you're a baller, but honestly, just one hard set, get, get a nice warm-up in and then start with a squat 20 seconds down, all right? So you start in a standing position, 20 seconds, 20, 19, 18, 17, as you lower yourself, down to zero. At zero, you should be at parallel. Hold that for 10 seconds. 20 seconds back up. If you can do another rep, go for it. But try to master that. I don't know if you can do one rep. I frankly could barely do one if, if I'm not cheating. And then here's another thing. Again, it's quality over quantity. If you can do one rep, but you're squeaking and moving around and wiggling your legs, that's not as good as if you're con continuously, as you're doing the, the rep, trying to anchor your legs into the ground as you're moving, as you're slowly lowering your butt down and bending your legs, keeping your back arched, lower, 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 butt, butt pushing your butt back, back, back into your heels. Imagine you're trying to break the ground open in between, like uh, the ground in between your legs is a piece of paper and you're ripping it open. So you're digging your heels in and putting all that weight in your heels. And then with the balls of your feet, trying to pull your balls of your feet outward and you're just trying to rip apart. That tension, that added tension will light up your butt and light up, uh, light it. Uh, I've, I've had my butt lit up before. You know what I'm saying? A couple nights in jail. Um, no, but it'll really fire up those glute muscles and get your fucking thighs just burning, okay? So you're increasing the time under tension. That's 50 seconds, five zero of time under tension for the body weight squat. Honestly, all you need is just about one of those. All you have to do is hit complete failure. So if you're a baller out there, if you're a, a college football player, maybe you're getting four, maybe you're getting five reps. Fine but get to complete muscular fatigue. One set, that's it. What do you move on to next? The push-up. 20 seconds down, get your, your chest, your pecs, about a half inch off the ground, maybe. If not, you don't wanna touch it because it's too easy to cheat because then you can just essentially relax your titties on the ground. But get your, just hovering over the ground, hold that for 10 seconds. I just take my watch off and put the second hand, you know, my watch right in front of my eyeballs, so I, there's no cheating. 10 seconds there, 20 seconds back up. And the same thing goes. I try to just pull the ground apart with my hands as, you know, they're anchored into the ground and I'm just ripping the ground apart in, in my mind too. That creates a lot more tension in the pecs and the triceps and the front delts, um, really, really increasing um, the tension, the amount of tension that you're putting on there and it's quality over quantity. If you can do more than one at 50 seconds, five zero, no pausing at the top, by the way. So once you get your arms back up to the top, same thing goes for the squat. Don't stand all the way up. Don't bring, don't relax at the top. Just go up to about 90%. So your legs are like at a, like an 85 degree angle. 
Or I guess, no, if it was from your knee, it'd be like a 10% angle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so you're not straight up and down. Your, your legs are just slightly bent at the top. That's as high as you go because you don't want to ever rest the muscle. You want to completely fatigue the muscle. Same thing goes for the, for the push-up. So you go all the way down, half inch from the ground, pause there for 10 seconds, 20 seconds back up, and then just go to your arms are almost straightened out, but not fully straightened out to keep that tension on the front delts, chest, and, and triceps. Try for two, two reps, keep going. Maybe you're only getting one plus 10 second down, which is what I was ended, usually ended, ending up getting. I'm getting like, with the push-up, I'm getting like two reps, two full reps, so that's two reps of 50 seconds, and then about like 10, 15 seconds down on my third rep, and then I, I'm, I'm toast. Um, so that's the, that's the push-up. Then the row, okay, how do you do the row? Well, oh, by the way, this is scalable. The squat is the squat is the squat. You do the, everyone's gonna do the squat the same. The push-up, if you can't do one with 20 seconds down, 20 seconds up, a 10 second pause in the bottom, it's all good. This is really hard. Do it from your knees. If you're a baller, do it from your feet, your toesies, okay? So it's scalable. Start from your knees. If you, if you really can't do it, and there's no, there's no shame in that game. I'd much rather have you get one, one and a half, two reps from your knees doing it perfectly than trying to fucking eke it out on your toes to be macho and then do, doing half of a rep. You know what I'm saying? The row. The row. If you're really balling it up, get at a complete straight line, almost planking from hanging underneath something. I've been using my daughter's trampoline. It comes, it's a bar that comes up to about um, my belly button. I hang underneath it and then slide my feet forward in front of me so that I'm hanging, doing a row and bringing the bar up from, you know, an arms extended position to up to my nipples, hanging from underneath it, you know, making like a, a row. It's kind of hard to explain. And I'm going to do some videos on Instagram when I release this, um, when I release this, uh, this podcast, but, um, just imagine you're hanging, um, parallel to whatever kind of force you're going to apply. A lot of people can do it underneath like a dining room table. If you have that in your house, there's got to be something where you can just hang from it and then kick your feet underneath it. A table works great. A table actually works probably better than what I'm using, but um, you can find it. If you don't have any of that, two chairs, two chairs that are sturdy. And if you need to, um, you can put, uh, you can put, um, something on top of them, on both of them to make sure that they don't slide or fly over <coughs> or flip. Um, so get underneath it and then row 20 seconds up, 10 second pause at the top where you're pressing your chest into the bar and really getting those rear delts and the lower traps and lighting those up 20 seconds down many reps as you can. Doesn't matter how many reps it matters, the quality of it and get to full muscular exhaustion. Move on hip hinge. Now this one, for those of you who are, um, familiar with training and you know what a hip hinge is, it mostly means deadlifts or, you know, like a kettlebell row or something like that where you're bending at the hip. That's where the action is usually in the glutes and the front and the hip flexors. How do you do that? When, ah, here's one I picked up from, uh, Steve Maxwell, very smart guy. Also, uh, the guys over at Boxing Science have uh, worked on this one, you know, and you can check out their website, uh, their YouTube site, Boxing Science. They, they gave me this one. Um, along with Steve Maxwell a long time ago. He did it with a, with a jujitsu belt, but you can do it with a towel, okay? So what you do is get a towel, 
put it underneath your feet, evenly balanced. So you're balancing and get your grip, uh, stance like you're going to do a regular deadlift. And so the, the ends of the towels are going out to the sides, to the right and left of your feet as you step on the towel. Grab those, get down like you're going to deadlift, like you're going to trap bar deadlift and grab the ends of the towels and pull an isometric. Pull as hard as you fucking can. I mean it, in perfect deadlift form. Pull on those towels and you you would be shocked how much of a good workout you can get in your in the muscles that you would normally dead with, lift with, your, your uh, hams, your uh, glutes, and your, you know, your traps and things like that, it, it'll light them up, man. And you just pull like there's no tomorrow. Here's how you do this one. It's a little different than the other ones because you're not really moving. It's complete isometric. Try 10 seconds on, five seconds off. 10 seconds on, five seconds off for as many times as you can go till you can't do it anymore. I got up to about a minute and 40 seconds. Um, but I want, uh, I, no, no pussing out here. I want you to pull, like you're trying to literally pull that towel apart. Um, so that's the, the, the isometric deadlift. Now here's the variable one. I don't have a pull-up bar in my house. I don't really have anywhere where I can do a pull-up, but if you do add in vertical pulling of some sort, because it is valuable. Um, what I did was I went and found a tree. And I did a towel pull-up isometric. Um, I don't think there's many people out there, not that I'm such a stud. Um, but if you can do 20 up, 10-second pause at the top, 20 down, do it. I did it. But it's really fucking hard, especially with a towel pull-up. Which a towel pull-up is, is, is uh, uh, you know, um, grapplers use gi pull-ups too, where you just put the gi or the towel over the bar and, the you know, the sides hang out and then grab it like you're grabbing two ropes and then use the pull-ups there. Um, if you can't, if you're not strong enough to do that, um, there are some other um, exercises you can do. Get on the side of two chairs, sit in between them. Reach up and grab the, the backs of the chair, the top of the, the chair backs, okay? And then, again, put stuff on top of the chairs if you need to, to be, to be safe. And then pull up, keeping your feet on the ground so that it makes it a little easier for those of you who can't really do regular pull-ups. And you're just pulling it up, leaving your heels on the ground, but pulling up, using your back, and really, like I said, it's all about quality over quantity. Feel your lats, feel your uh, rear delts, just all the way up, 20 seconds up, 10 second pause, 20 second down. And that's it. It'd take you 25 minutes, honestly. Maybe that, it may be, may be quicker. Squat, push up, row, the, the uh, towel deadlift and the vertical pull of some sort, however you may be able to do it. That's it. Do that every other day while you're on lockdown. Always keep your steps up. I'm a big proponent of walking. If you're an athlete, you know, you and your mixing your sprints and your whatever you need to keep your anaerobic and your aerobic conditioning there. I don't want to get into too much. I'm, this is more for every man. And even athletes can do this. I think there's benefit to it. Every other day, give yourself a day of rest. Do it again. And just like I recommend in the gym, keep a log. Maybe you can only do half of a squat, uh, you know, 50 seconds of the squat now. What if by the end of lockdown, you're doing four? Honestly, you will have stronger, bigger thighs. 
it will be a good workout. And another great thing about this is it's such high intensity. It's super high intensity without being very high impact. It doesn't harm your body that much because you're not pushing against a weight. Um, so I really recommend it. Go ahead every other day. Squat, push-up, row, hip hinge, uh, or the, the towel deadlift, and uh, whatever vertical pull you can pull off. And that's it. Keep your steps up. Keep your walking going. 10,000 steps is what I recommend for everybody, at least. And just So that means, you know, you don't try to do it. Um, a lot of people ask me about that because I'm such a big proponent of walking. No matter what your fitness level is, everyone should be walking a lot. Human beings are so precisely designed to walk. The animal of Homo sapien, it is the most appropriate form of movement for us. Um, I, I don't care what level of shape you're in, 10,000 steps a day should be your goal. And that doesn't mean you gotta go out for a one, one hour walk. Try doing little 10 minute walks before and after your meals. That adds up. If you got dogs, it's great. Especially if you're on lockdown solo, get out of the house. <laughs> get out of the house. Now, if you're in listening to this in the UK or Minnesota and it's, it's snowy or rainy outside, oh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I hate to seem like a detached fucking Californian. Um, but walk around the house at the very least because not walking is not good for us. I'm a real big proponent of that. I believe it. I've seen it in my own physique, in my own health, and in countless other people. If you're not walking enough, it, it really will make a difference. Not only in, in how you look, but just how you feel. Um, getting outdoors is so beneficial. Try not to listen to music. Actually hear things. You know what it's great for? It gives you a break from your phone and technology, which is so hard to get away from here on the lockdown. But... Um, it gives you a chance to think and it's almost meditative. So that's me. That's my, that's my, that's my go-to for stay in shape during the lockdown. Anybody can do it. I did it with no equipment for those of you. I, obviously there's a lot of other stuff we can get into with like resistance bands or if you have a couple of dumbbells, you know, yeah, you can get a little bit more creative, <clears throat> but I wanted to create something that is really useful and can be effective for everyone listening to this at any level, and um, you could do it with absolutely zero equipment, no excuses, you know. So um, I will I will uh, tweet out all this information. I'll put it in the show description, and um, I, like I said, I'm going to make some videos too, so that uh, to go along with um, all the all the nonsense I just talked about. And remember, in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.